Man, thank you so much, Jeff. Thank you for um, your uh, encouragement and even questions you've had throughout this series. I know this is, is one of those series that, uh, honestly, stirs up hornets. Uh, because when you start working on what God has designed, um, I'm telling you what, the hornets just stir things up in people's marriages. And, but what I get encouraged is as the hornets get stirred up, people start asking questions about in their marriage and they start having conversations, which means uh, counseling begins to fill out in terms of uh, my schedule, but that's a, that tells me people want help. And so I just celebrate everybody who has come and have been a part of things, those that have been watching. Um, I had our, our monthly men's breakfast yesterday, our key first men, we get together at Michelle the last Saturday, and the consensus, around the, the consensus around the table was everyone's children wanted to skip last Sunday because they felt awkward. Pastor Dave was talking about sex, and I love that mom and dads have still made their kids come right out. Um, I had students last week did not want to look me in the eye, and that's all good. It's all good. We had a blast last week. Um, today we've got uh, something that we've done numerous times over the years. We do a Q&A at the end of our marriage series, and we just have some fun taking practical questions. And so what we're going to do is up on the screens, as we've got a telephone number, uh, just so you know, this is not my number. Some of you are like, I got Dave's number now. I'm going to text him during Michigan games and annoy him. Uh, no, you can text that all you want during a Michigan game. It's not going to do a thing to me. But uh, if you've got practical marriage, wedding, not wedding questions, like who is the good coordinator? Um, we, I know of a few. Talk to me after the service. But uh, we've got some... Uh, we're going to do some Q&A, and normally I have a, a few different couples that have come up with me. The Meekers have been up with me. Hornicks have been up with me. Uh, the Clarks have been up here before. Uh, but I've got some amazing friends who help run the Kalamazoo. In fact, they, they don't help it. They run it. The Kalamazoo Marriage Resource um, that takes place really as a ministry to this entire area. And I'm thankful that for the vision that has taken place within our city to really build up marriages. And uh, just give mad props to, to Dan and his wife who helped begin KMR and who really have been spearheading uh, what has really become an amazing outreach. So if you have never heard of the Kalamazoo Marriage Resource, go to kalamazoomarriageresource.com or look up Kalamazoo Marriage Resource on Facebook or Instagram. It's just all one word. Uh, they do date nights. Uh, they do just fun things together. Uh, they actually help prepare couples. They've met with couples. They've utilized our facilities to meet with uh, premarital counseling uh, situations. I love their heart for it. So would you give a warm Kalamazoo first welcome to Chad and Kristen Cottingham of Kalamazoo Marriage Resource. I, I apologize for hugging. I've learned what color I'm not supposed to wear on Sunday mornings. Goodness gracious. I love what you guys are doing in, in KMR. We'll just call it KMR for short uh, today. Uh, but I love that you've, you've decided to go just to be brave and to show up to take questions that you have no clue what's coming your way. This isn't a firing squad, is it? This is sometimes the firing squad. I know a few personalities here, so yes. Uh, but we're going to have a blast today. And so would you give us kind of the, the Reader's Digest version of your guys' story and how this all began? Sure. I'll go ahead and start. Uh, again, Chad and Kristen Cottingham. Uh, so Kristen and I actually met in college. Uh, she was a college freshman, and I was a sophomore at Liberty University, big Christian school down in Virginia. So yes, we are recovering Baptist. Um. <laughs> Heavy on the recovering. <laughs> 
so we met down there um, and moved back to Michigan, um, got married. We currently have uh, four adult children, and we have our fourth grandchild on the way, um, yeah, coming in October. So two boys and two girls, and uh, we currently live in Three Rivers. We've been married uh, 30 years. It'll be 31 in August, um, and I say it's uh, 20 of the best years of my life. <laughs> oh. <laughs> It's right true. on cue, right on cue. And about five years ago, and I'll let Kristen talk more about this, is we really felt called and led to pour into marriages. Not because we have a perfect one, because we had a very imperfect one. And, and we learned so much, like, man, how do we pour into others? And we'll get into more of our story if questions come. Um, but Kalamazoo Marriage Resource was born. We felt led to, to go lead and, and to take it on. So it's been five years now. Kristen, you want to share a little bit more about that? Sure. Um, I'm just trying to think of how far back we want to go because what you said earlier about um, making your church a place of love and compassion in spite of the ruling. So um, part of our story, a big part of our story is that, like Chad said, we met in college and we dated for two years. And um, after two years, I found out that I was pregnant. Now, coming from a very conservative Christian culture and being told for all my, you know, growing up, you know, don't have sex before you're married, don't have sex before you're married, that here I found myself in a very precarious situation and I felt terrible shame and guilt. And I didn't have a welcoming and warm church. Our parents were very supportive of us, but we just felt a tremendous amount of shame and guilt. And that actually started us, I feel, we both feel, behind the eight ball, in a sense, where we had a lot of, um, I had a lot of emotional challenges to overcome. And I was 19 years old, for goodness sakes, you know? Yeah. I mean, that's so young. Yeah. So over, you know, time, those issues have kind of multiplied. And um, I'm going to fast forward here quick to the present time where... We are the um, directors of Kalamazoo Marriage Resource, and we wrote a book called An Intentional Marriage, Making Your Wedding Day Vows an Everyday Reality. And so much of that is birthed out of our story. Mm -hmm. And we learned that, you know, you have to be intentional about creating a healthy marriage because we had no tools when we started. Yeah. We yeah. were just kids that were like, oh, what do we do now? And we just kind of fumbled our way. And again, eventually we found, okay, there are tools out there. There's, there are healthy communities. There's pastors, people that can help us. And um, so we utilized that and started um, really digging into what does a healthy marriage look like? Yeah. We've had so many issues along the way. And now how can we take what our experience has taught us <clears throat> And, and help what God others. taught us we're ultimately. Exactly, what, exactly. And we'll get in the question here, but we really felt when we look back, there were times we wanted to walk, things were good, but Christ in that cross, he was carrying us. He carried us, he didn't let us go. And, and so we, we're like, how do we help others through this? And so that's why we're here today. Absolutely. I, I love that. Not, none of us had it all together. E even like for couples that were well prepared to go into marriage versus those that made decisions quickly or those that made that circumstances felt like pushed them toward it. I'm glad that God's grace is for every level, for every person that gets in there. I mean, yeah, thank you, Lord, for grace. I mean, my wife has to be married to me. Thank you, Lord, for grace. Uh, we She's all need it. He's going to get a lot of rewards. Yes. 
Jesus, bless her. Um, but let's just start taking some questions. Let's have a little bit of fun here and dive right in. So go ahead, give us the first question. Um, how much has your upbringing affected your marriage? So I'm assuming that the, the genesis of this question, uh, no pun intended for this series that we've been in, um, nobody laughed, dang it. <laughs> How much is your upbringing, how much is the genesis of your life, so, the, uh, so your parents, your household, how much has that affected your marriage? Uh, so we were very fortunate that we, we had both the same background uh, of growing up in church, having okay. faith, um, attending a Christian university. So our morals and values were based on Christ, based on our faith. Uh, yes, we sinned, and yes, we, we, we fell away, but God's grace and mercy brought us back. And because of that, uh, that was the strength that held us together, like I mentioned earlier. So our upbringing was that, that similarity. It made it, again, it was hard as it is, but it was doable. Yeah. Um, if we didn't, well, there, the challenges could get even bigger. greater, yeah, bigger. Well, I love that you reach back and you talk about, like, even though we, we strayed away, and this is something maybe to speak to parents in the house, that the word says that train up your child in the way that they should go, that they would, they would not depart, that you're going to have seasons. That you may have a child that has a season of departure. Uh, my, uh, my mentor, him and his wife, they had a couple of their boys that just departed their own faith completely, abandoned things. And whenever I'd ask them about their child, this is the way they would say it. They're working on their testimonies right now. <laughs> They're working on their testimonies, and it's going to be really good. Yes. But I love the fact that when we talk about how life affects, when God's word gets into your heart, it's not going to depart. It sticks. It's there. And even your upbringing and how it has affected now and shaped your marriage and not what it just redeemed you, but grew you through into now to the point where God has grown you, not into perfect vessels, but nevertheless vessels that are now being used to, to pour into marriages and i think that's to me that that's hope that's wonderful um let's go to the next question we, i think we probably have a ton of them here um how do i convince my spouse to let me spend twelve hundred dollars on a new a new golf clubs first of all are you a tither Well, I will say one of the chapters in our book is called Uniting, Not Fighting Over Money. <laughs> and so this one two. would be a really good question here. Um, and boy, <laughs> oh, how do I convince? Now, that could be taken as manipulation, right? Oh, I mean, nice. Like, nice oh. catch. Um, I, I think there has to be a compromise. You know, like there has to be a mutually agreed upon compromise. So if golf clubs are on his radar, I better be seeing $1,200 on something oh. on, on my radar here too. Oh, no. I, I think with something like this, if you've got it honestly in your budget and you're saving and you communicate, yeah, on, I would good. really love this. Uh, I'd like to work at this. So she knows. Now, if I go out and do an impulse buy of $1,200, that's an issue or money we don't have. It's nothing wrong with having some things if the Lord's blessed you, but you have to communicate. Uh, and it's the same thing if she came and said, I just went and bought a $2,000 washer and dryer. It's the same thing. Hey, this is going out. Can we start talking about this? It goes to that communication. It's so good that if you're, you ever go through premarital counseling, you hear all the time from me, Psalms 133, where there's unity, God commands his blessing. And so something that I've said for years is I don't need Ann's permission to buy a thing. 
and does it need my permission to buy a thing? We don't need each other's permission. We need each other's unity. And that's exactly what they've said. You've got to communicate. You've got to plan. Uh, Dave Ramsey, the sucker, get an envelope. Start building up some savings for that because it may not be golf clubs. It could be hunting. Exactly. I know Chad well enough. Yes. Um, 100% right. I just bought a new gun this spring. So. Yes. Uh, so it could be anything, but I think that it really does speak to a lot of communication, like nail on the head, exactly what it, that's about. I will admit I spent a lot of time with hiding packages in the trunk before he got, you know, and before he got home and like <laughs> waiting till he went off to work and quick, put, oh, I've had that forever. You oh, we learned so language. much in that until I remember early in our marriage, I found in the mail a total separate credit card she had build up with things. So the things we write about are our experiences. It was not good yeah. on either end. So communicate. Communication and unity. You got Planning a separate together. credit card you didn't know about. And no it, even, it even goes even further. I, I knew that the credit card bill was coming in the mail and I was gone. I called my neighbor and asked my neighbor to get the mail. Wow. <laughs> the deception that goes on. Way, uh, <laughs> wow. We since passed that. I feel hope we, in the house yes. right now. We now discuss finances. We are on the same page, yes. and that's one of our action steps is planning together. Is so Like good. you said, communication. No secrets. And by the way, we'll mention at the end, this is their book. Don't, this is mine. Don't steal mine. <laughs> um, but it's available out there, and they literally walk through wedding vows one by one, and they break this stuff down. This is good stuff here. Um, let's do the next, the next question. What tools have helped remind you that you're on the same team. What tools, maybe what approaches, what methods have you utilized to remind yourselves that you're on the same team? Right now they're getting on the same team. Yeah, yeah we're on the yeah, same team. Yeah. Huddle, huddle. <laughs> oh, you um, want to talk? Well, no, you talk. You tell them. <laughs> I'm just going to jump in real quick. Um, I'm going to kind of go in a direction. Could they leave the question up? I'm maybe, sorry. Yeah. Can... Oh, yeah, go maybe. for it. Something that Chad and I started doing, I mean, I'm ashamed to say maybe within the last decade here, we, sh we should have, could have been doing it years ago, but something that has helped unite us and brought us on the same team is we spend every day and we pray together. Mm. I, I know it sounds like a um, trite answer perhaps to somebody, but you know what? Honestly, that has united us in our marriage like nothing else. Because when you're praying together, your heart is open. When he's asking, Lord, please forgive me. I, you know, was harsh with Kristen yesterday. That draws my heart to him. Yeah. And so something as simple as just like 30 seconds before leaving in the morning, you know, we do that. So I know that might be a surprising answer. I don't know what, what other tools that you were looking for, but praying together really unites us. There is a, it's one of my favorite books on my shelf. It's called The Five Sex Needs of Men and Women. You're like, oh, here he comes again with sex. Um, it, I think it should be named The Five Intimacy Needs of Men and Women, but it's by uh, Gary and Barbara Roseberg. And the number five sex need or intimacy need of women, number five, and this was taken from a survey. This is not opinion. It was surveying a, a few hun like hundreds of couples. Number five is spiritual intimacy. Mm -hmm. You want to really stoke the heart of your wife then initiate spirituality. 
Be a, a spiritual sounding board. Be a prayer warrior. And like, I love what they said. It could be a simple 30-second prayer of uniting your hearts before the work day starts. Or even at the end of the day, praying over the day you had and the day coming forward. It, you don't have to be praying for five, ten minutes, casting demons out of your spouse or anything <laughs> of that sort. Uh, it's not necessary. We don't have all day for that. <laughs> we don't have all day for that. <laughs> Think of what Ann deals with on a daily basis. But, but, getting, I think that's, it's a simple little key to stay on the same team. I, I don't know if any of you married somebody that is the opposite of you. <laughs> it's everyone in the house, you married the opposite sex, opposite personality, opposite, 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 opposite. You know, Dave loves football, Ann hates football. Um, I, like, but you guys are runners. We run differently. She runs to explore. She's like, look at the neighborhood. I'm running to beat me. And we don't even do things similar. So I think that's a great little tip that I think is a powerful tip to say on the same page. Uh, the next one. Uh, if I can oh, stand there real quick, because one area that um, sometimes divides us or we find out what team we're on is in the area of our children. Mm. How many of you have kids in here? Yeah, everyone does, or grandkids, something that I found early on, or we found out that at times we would be very opposite. I was always, no, 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 harsh, you're grounded for a month. And she was like, oh, no, they didn't mean it. I mean, the opposites here, I mean, I see a lot of heads I have good kids. Yes, I don't they, know who's talking about. They wouldn't do that. About. Yes, they did. They got... They're, they need a spanking right now. <laughs> Chad, Chad was in education for 20-some years, and so he believes that all kids are guilty before proven innocent. And I, my mom heart says, they are innocent until proven guilty. And he's like, Kristen, they are dead lying to your face. So, I'm like, no! So what our kids would do, they would see that, and they then would divide us. Yeah. Dad would say no, they would go to mom, and then she would do her mom thing. It's, it's how we're wired. It's okay. And maybe some of your relationships are different. That's fine. But we had to have conversations, and we talked. And until this point, I may blow up on them, or I was upset, and you're grounded for a month. She, she learned she didn't say anything, or I didn't say anything if she was going off. I'm just being real. Yeah. And, and we would go in the bedroom then. Or later on the night, she'd say, hey, Chad, I think you were maybe, you overreacted or were too harsh in that discipline. You know, Kristen, you're right. I probably did. Maybe it should have been a day. So we learned to unify out front. Yeah. Serious. That's how, yeah. I mean, you know, guys, My kids go, don't even know how many times I went to bat for them. Yes. <laughs> so we, out front, we were unified. Behind closed doors, we'd have conversation where there weren't emotions. We, oh, you know what? You're right. She saw my way, then we could go back and fix later. But once the kids saw us unified, yeah. it made it, we we're on the same team yeah. now. We then told yeah. them texting, oh. you got to text the both of us. You can't just text mom and not me because I already told you no. And so little things like that that you can be on the same team really helps out. I describe parenting like Jurassic Park. <laughs> In the very first movie, they talk about how the raptors, they keep touching the electric fence, and it's like, oh, why? It's like they're trying to find the weak spots. Mm -hmm. Your kids are raptors. Yes. <laughs> and they bite. Yeah. They do bite. But if they see disunity, there's a nature that will work at that. Be unified in front of them. Be unified when they're not around. And, and they don't need to be privy to your disagreements. Yes. Let me repeat. They do not need to be privy to all of your disagreements. Do not utilize them to garner 
hope toward you or favoritism toward you. Um, in our marriage, um, Anne is, I was, she's softer on Ethan and harder on Cammie. I was harder on Ethan and softer on Cammie. Oh, it's just, I know boys. Well, I know girls. I'm like, all right. And it's just it's kind of the way we navigate things. So let's, let's go to the next one. After years of marriage, how do you bring communication back? After years of marriage, how do you bring communication back? Because communication, oh. it's, it's a challenge. You know, I'm going to start by um, saying strengthen your friendship. Yeah. Because, and that's our, our, actually our first, first vow is to have and to hold, and it's all about strengthening friendship, and like our action that. step there is to play together. Because shared activity strengthens relationships. So good. And so when you're spending time together, and when you're playing together, doing things that you, you know, both enjoy, you know, the communication will kind of start flowing, mm -hmm. you know, and um, I also think, so I would say that's kind of like a base level is just start doing things you both enjoy together. And also, um, I think too, is being aware of what type of communicator you are. Yeah. And like I say, Chad is, um, he's a narrator. So he kind of narrates his whole day out out loud. Uh -huh. I'm going to go take a shower. I'm going to go cut the grass. I'm going to go work on, send some emails. I have all of these thoughts, but I keep them inside, you know? And, and so we've had to have talks about different ways we like communication. And so I think the first thing, you know, play together, but then actually have a communication about your communication or have a conversation about your communication yeah. preferences. Um, and do you have anything to yeah, add to that? I do, and you're right on. And I'm going to kind of go back to her play together. When, when you... If, Put it on the calendar. I know it's hard when you get young ones and busy. Put it on the calendar date nights, once a week, once a month. Get a sitter. Go out. And then agree when you're having a, a, your date. You're not going to talk about the kids. You're not going to talk about work. You're going to talk about each other. And you begin, well, or to even talk about. We haven't talked about things in years. There's questions everywhere. We post them. You name them. Look them up. Questions to ask your spouse. Just basic. What's your dream? Or what, if you could be a celebrity for one day, who would it be? Just little things. And there's things out there to help you. So start that. Plan date nights. Ask those questions. And take some of that day-to-day -day, um, schedule things out of it and get to, to spend time with your spouse again. Couples that have fun together fight for each other. Yes. They do. And I think that's one of the best ways to even restoke passion. I get people ask all the time, how do you get passion? How do you get passion? How do you get passion? I'm like, well, how did, did you get passion? Yeah. You dated. Yes. You spent time together. You yeah, you pursue each other. And when we stop pursuing and, and we get, I remember the day of not, we had no money. We, we had just, we had little ones. We had nobody for babysitters. And we talk about how Jack Bauer saved our marriage. <laughs> Jack Bauer is the lead, he's the lead uh, character of the show 24. And I remember we, we, we got 24 season one and we just got a bowl of popcorn. It was like, like a Wednesday or Thursday, no, it was Thursday night, Wednesday night would have been youth group. And we just... We started watching 24, and we just found something we enjoyed doing together, eating popcorn. And all of a sudden, after like 13 episodes, it's 1 o'clock in the morning. I'm like, did somebody put the kids to bed? Are they here? And so, I, mean, I remember just thinking, we found something that we enjoyed, enjoyed doing together. Let's just let's do that more, and let's find out. And when you have fun together, it's actually, it's not that you don't fight ever, but you actually fight for each other. Let's go to the next one. 
Do you have different ways of expressing anger? If so, how did you navigate that? I never, Ooh. Just, I never get angry. <laughs> did you yeah. ground her for a month? <laughs> I think um, anger comes out in, you know, either you bottle up or you blow up, what, mm. you know, either you're one or the other. Um, and I think we're both at different times, you know what I mean? But um, anger really points to an unmet need. Mm. And so I think figuring out the reason of why you're angry, was it, you know, did I feel, you know, dismissed? Mm -hmm. Did I feel invalidated? Did I feel, um, you know, overlooked? Did, was I, yeah, disrespected? Yeah. So I think really figuring out why, what is, you know, taking a minute to say, okay, what's really going on here? I have all these emotions, but taking a step back and going, well, you know what? I feel disrespected because every time I walk in the bathroom and I see your underwear laying on the floor after your shower and I have to pick it back up and throw it in the dirty clothes, you know, I am angry, you know? And so it's like, I had to stop and think, it's not the underwear that's the issue. Yes. It's the feeling that I am feeling disrespected. And yes. so that might be just a silly example, but it was a real one for us. And so finally, after months and maybe even years, yeah. I don't know how long, I finally went to him and had, had said, honey, you know what? I don't want to be an egg. I don't, I, I sound like an egg. I feel like an egg. Yeah. But you know, the real issue here is I feel so disrespected yeah. because I feel like, you treat me as a maid when I have to do this. And I don't want to feel that way. And mm -hmm. it was like a light bulb moment for him. And he was like, I so don't want you to feel that way. I didn't mean for that. I just kind of forgot about it and dismissed it. And so guess what? Now the underwear gets in the hamper. Well, it's <laughs> She's just exactly right. <laughs> <laughs> Moving on to the now, next question. So, no, now it's my turn. <laughs> Now, if I can uh, share something, part of that too, I think when we get angry, our emotions get involved and we get heated. So we have to be careful there. It's okay to walk away. It's okay to come back. But one thing on the same issue that bothered me a lot until I expressed it to her, Kristen would use the words, you always and you never. Mm. Ooh, I would work really hard to pick my underwear up off the floor or whatever issue it is. So six days in a row, I picked it up. The one day I was in a hurry, I ran out, I forgot. You never pick up your underwear. You always. And I'm sitting here going, oh, I worked really hard. I forgot <laughs> one day. So I think sometimes we throw these superlatives out there. Yeah, yeah. If you would get rid of always and get rid of never, your conversations, you could express yeah. your conversation because now I'm not going to get defensive. She said, hey, do you know you left that? Oh, hon, I'm so sorry. You never pick up or you oh. All of a sudden, I'm mad. Yeah. So get rid of those couple words so good. to help and communicate. I felt disrespected. You hurt me when you said this. Oh, now it's a conversation instead of anger spewing out of each of us. Well, it's, it's underwear issues is what, is what we can call it. It's literally, I mean, it's, it's literally like I, yeah. I get couples to sit with me and they deal with, they, they're asking me about underwear issues. How do I get this, my, my spouse to stop squeezing the middle of the toothpaste yes. like a pagan yes. and like Jesus from the end? All right, how do we do this? It's, it's toothpaste and underwear issues, and we're not looking exactly what Kristen said. What is actually, what is it causing? We're not really fighting about underwear or toothpaste. We're fighting about respect. We're fighting about even words that demean. And, and what if, because one thing I teach with uh, conflict resolution is celebrate progress, yes. not accomplishment. Yeah. Yes. Because accomplishment says you always forget doing this or you never do this 
but celebrating progress says six out of seven days, you picked it up. It's a win. That's huge. Give us the next one. How do I handle my spouse when they don't want a van, but we need one? Well, make your spouse run behind the car and then see if they like <laughs> <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> that was not the right answer. This goes, Let me think about that. This goes back to the gun issue. Yeah. Just a little bit more expensive. Uh, there are a lot of good crossover vehicles that have third row seats yes. if you don't want a van. There's other options. How, can, can I highlight a word that is a bad word to use? Somebody got the Pop-Tarts for that one. The, please don't handle your spouse. If you are handling your spouse, the van is not really the issue at hand. Don't handle your spouse. Uh, but I like when he handles me. That's a different topic. That was last week. Listen to last week's message. Yeah. But when it comes to this, I think Chad said it This goes back to the, the, the golf club thing. Yes. So. And I think, too, just communicating, saying, honey, and giving a heads up. This is something that we had to learn in communication, too, is giving a heads up when you want to talk about something. Yeah. And even, like, I might even text him when he's at work or, or you know, just say, hey, when we have some time, I would like to talk about a van. Yes. And I would probably have my thoughts in order and just to say, you know what, we really, I really feel like we need one. Mm -hmm. And I would just lay out my case. You know what, I'm sick and tired of trying to lean over and put the kids in the car seat in the back. It hurts my back and yeah. you know, it'd be easier for this. Just have a conversation about it, but give them a heads up, mm -hmm. give them your reasons. Yeah. And you know what, a, a, a decision needs to be mutually agreed upon. That's and good. so I would just give it time mm -hmm. and a lot of prayer and, you know, go from there. Absolutely. And, it's, and, and giving a heads up with the topic is so much better than we're talking tonight. <laughs> About what? You'll see. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not, I have to work late. I get appointments like that. We need to talk. About what? You'll see. I'm like, all right. <laughs> We'll see what happens. Go to the next one. We're gonna, we'll do a couple more, and then we've got to bring it to a close here. How do you handle um, disagreements between your spouse and parents, in-laws, and family? Do you feel the rumble? Um, how, so how do you deal with disagreements between your spouse and your parents, and maybe your spouse you and the in-laws? Well, I'll start with this. Do you know the difference between in-laws and outlaws? I'm afraid to answer. You well, should be. Outlaws are wanted. That's his best joke, and we'll be here all night. Am I right? <laughs> you said you wanted to laugh today. But in and case my in-laws are watching, real. I'm not answering that whatsoever. <laughs> oh, boy, this is a good one. Um, so are, are you saying, like, the, I, I'm not the sure. situation is between... Maybe disagreements between, like, like, say, Anne and I having a disagreement between her and my parents. Yes. Or maybe okay. me and her parents, or there's disagreement in the family. Well, first of all, I think we have to give priority to our spouse. That awesome. is, they are our number one priority over our, my mom, my sister, you know, Chad's opinion, his thoughts, his feelings on the subject, whatever it is, matter more than what my mom says, what, 
you know, da 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 da. So that I think is the starting point. That's where we're on the same team. So and, good. Um, and speaking of that, if you're a mom or dad and your kids are young, getting married, let them do it. Don't intervene. Don't be that monster-in-law. Don't, because that makes it that much harder. Keep, keep the welcome mat out and your mouth shut. That's yes. the best in-law advice that I can give. <laughs> Revival breaking out here. Um, but yeah, I think, again, it, it just goes back to that issue of respect and mm -hmm. that, you know what, your spouse doesn't, your family is your family and you might do things you, the way you've always done, but that's not your spouse's normal. They might see what this is going on and like, Mm -hmm. That ain't right. You know what I mean? Like, mm -hmm. that's a little wacky. But to you, it's normal. And so really respecting your spouse and, and, and taking a step back and going, you know what? Maybe I do need to not talk to my mom as much. And maybe set some um, ground rules together to say, you know what? We're not going to talk about our sex life with your parents. We're not going to talk about our finances with your parents. You know, like lay out these off off you know, subject topics that we're not allowed to talk with our families about. So and I agree, and I want to go back to what you talked about earlier, that compassion that we're putting in with people out here. It goes, starts with our own families. Because yeah. in our own families, there's disagreements we don't see. But love and compassion wins every time. Mm -hmm. It's okay to disagree in love yeah. and have those healthy conversations. That's so good. Um, I would encourage that when you're talking with your parents, like, and I'll just throw Ann and I in as the example here. When I talk to my parents about a decision that we've made, I don't ever say, Ann wants this. Mm -hmm. yes. I say, we want this. Mm -hmm. Is this what Ann wants? It's what we want. So of course she wants it. It's what we want. I don't throw my wife underneath the bus. I mean, there are times that some of us pick up the bus, we stuff our <laughs> spouse there, and then we drop it from a height. Um, we need, to, we need to be people that are in unity with our spouse. Scripture says, and Jesus quoted it, man should leave his father and mother and cleave to his spouse. There is a leaving and a cleaving that's taken place. And I think one of the ways to, to really deal with this in a bad way when it comes to disagreements is feeling like we have to choose sides and get caught in the middle. The reality is you're not in the middle. You're with your spouse. And there's a lot of unity and things that have got to take place now if your spouse is being a jerk to your parents. That's a whole conversation you need to have with your spouse. Um, but the reality is, stop being the mediator and being stuck in the middle. You've got, to, you've got a side, and you've got to work to get health in that side and to work and allow that health to spread. Because you can't control what other people are going to think of you. Some of you, that's why you struggle on social media because you think everyone's got to like everything that you post and, and everyone's got to agree with you. That's just not going to happen. Um, you've got to get to the place where you look at your, your in-laws, you look at your family and realize they are necessary and they are wonderful. But you're not always going to walk in unity. And one of the hardest things for young couples, let me just speak to people on the verge of empty nest. One of the biggest pressures that breaks couples in the first two years is the pressure for them to have to do things the way your family has always done them, not recognizing they have one family telling them that, they've got the other family telling that, and they need to figure out in the middle what they should do for their family. A couple years ago, we woke up, and see, Cammie was 19, no, she was 20, no, 19. 19 years old, we woke up on Christmas morning, had Christmas together as me, Cammy, Ethan, um, and Ann. And it was the first time since she was one years old that we did that. Why? Because we let family dictate all of our traditions and we never established something for ourselves. 
And so dealing with disagreements, be in unity. Let's do maybe one, maybe two more. And whatever I don't answer, I'm gonna, I'll answer on my blog and I'll put that out there tomorrow. So one, maybe two more here. Do you ever struggle with, do you ever, ever struggle with you and your spouse being different stages in your walk with Christ? If so, how do you move forward to grow in togetherness? This actually would probably be a great one to end on because I think this is, this is deep. Yeah, I would, um, I'll start here with this one. So in, in one of the sections in our book we talk about is pursuing God together. Mm. We talk about, well, how do you do it? So what Chris and I decided about five, six years ago, we really, hey, we're at a, a crossroads in our marriage. Two things we did that have made the biggest difference in the world, she said earlier, was pray together every day. But we also started doing devotionals together on a daily basis. And it's real simple. We use the YouVersion app. You could use anything you want. Dave's book, another book. In the YouVersion app, you invite your spouse to be a friend. You, you invite them to join that plan with you. It doesn't mean we read them at the same time. I might read it. I'm early in the morning. I go to work. Maybe she reads it at 10 o'clock or that evening. But in there, there's a section at the end. You have the, the devotional. You have the scripture. There's comment section. And so I can comment what I learned or what stood out. Kristen writes the same. And then later on that night, hey, I saw you said that. That was interesting. We've been doing this together for over five years now. It has been game changer because the growth, if we're at different places or struggles, we're seeing that. We're communicating that. We're letting the technology assist us in a good way. Yeah. Often we say it's a bad way. Yes, it does get in the way. and So that's a whole other topic. But we're using this to grow our marriage and pursuing God together. We're pursuing him on our own, but we're also pursuing here. It has literally been a game changer for us. Yes. Yeah. What I would say is be cautious, be cautious, be cautious on thinking of your spiritual lives as levels. Yeah. I'm on a higher level than my spouse. That statement alone makes me question that. You need to be cautious that you're not looking at levels. Sometimes you're in different seasons. Mm -hmm. You're together, but there's sometimes you're at a, just a different season of your walk with the Lord. Like I, I take a, a scripture journal. I just started 1 Corinthians the other day, and I methodically and slowly go through one book of the Bible. My wife started reading. I, I can't remember where she started. She started reading from Genesis 1, and she's reading all the way through. We read differently. We, we, we go after the scriptures differently. We like different worship songs. There's some songs that just make me cry in the car, and then she's just she's like, I'm so done with that song. I moved on to other songs. Um, Stop looking at it as levels. You're not at different levels. You're together. The two become one. And learn instead of trying to search for ways to see the differences, find commonality and feed that commonality. Feed Jesus. I love the practicality of use the YouVersion app on your phones. Friend your spouse. That's always a good thing. And then, and then you know, do about this, a simple reading together. I think that's awesome. Uh, doing check-ins with each other, I think, is awesome. Uh, something that we do in our house, especially when we see somebody's feeling a little bit low, somebody's kind of in a dark spot, is we'll, we'll say this, what's your three things? Mm -hmm. And what that means is, what are the three, th three things you're thankful for? Because we want gratitude to be the thing that sinks deep down in our spirits. Especially when we're in our darkest moments, we need to be full of gratitude. And when we know our family is going to ask each other about what are your three things, you start looking for it everywhere. I have to have an answer for Ann. I have to have an answer for mom or dad. I have to have an answer. And you just start naturally looking for what to give gratitude for. 
Um, what, I know we've got a list of other questions. What I'm going to do t- um, sometime tonight and even in tomorrow, I'm going to try to answer every single question possible uh, and just put that out on my own Facebook. I'll put that on the KFIRST Facebook tomorrow. Um, but um, what I would like for the, both of you to do, and I can't believe that 35 minutes have flown by this quick, um, I would like the both of you just to pray over the congregation themselves. For those watching, those that are uh, with us, uh, somebody had texted me, they're on vacation right now, driving and listening. Um, would you just pray over our marriages that, that the presence and the power of God would just be on display? That God would just do healing, God would cause growth, uh, that we would just see victory take place in our marriages. And so I would ask if the both of you would just, both of you just pray. Because we bow our heads, that God would just join in prayer. Lord, thank you so much for your presence that is 